Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Don't let his bark fool you. Roy has a softer side too. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. So uh, how much money do you owe? How much money do you owe? How much money do you owe? Because whatever it is you owe, that goes into the pot of some $2 trillion. $2 trillion. That's where the T is in Tom. $2 trillion that Canadians owe individually. That, that's, that's a huge number. How many of, of us are there? 35 million, and some of them are kids who don't have credit cards or shouldn't, although some of the banks may have, who knows, sent four-year-olds applications for credit cards. Banks are being looked at for their aggressive marketing. There's a lot to talk about. Um, the, uh, the $2 trillion debt is one item. The bank aggressiveness is another. And we're going to begin, though, with the story out of the province of Alberta, and the budget that was brought down by the Notley government this week. And Catherine Swift, WorkingCanadians.ca, former CEO and president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, Canada's most powerful woman. How are you, Catherine? <laughs> I'm fine, Roy. Good, because I just want to hold you in, just hold you back just for a second. All right. Because I know that you, I know you have something to say about this budget. <laughs> Linda Leatherdale, former money editor of the Toronto Sun, vice president of Cambria, Canada. Ms. Leatherdale, your favorite subject is what we owe as Canadians, $2 trillion plus. I know. It's so scary, Roy. It's so scary. doesn't scare me. <laughs> <laughs> it terrifies me. It it's a, he, oh, it's, It is. It's absolutely scary number. We'll talk about it. Michelle Simpson, former liberal member of parliament, the ethical member of parliament who informed us of her expense spending, and for that she was punished, ostracized, not allowed to speak in Parliament. So that tells you about how open and, uh, and, and transparent these people are with us. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Roy. And they're centralizing power even more, which is scary to me. Well, if by that you mean they're giving more power to Justin Trudeau, that's terrifying to me. Well, to the Prime Minister's office, which is Justin Trudeau, but they're centralizing and Gerald it. And, yeah, let's not forget. Hold, yeah, a chokehold. Yeah, the, the, the demon Canadian behind people. the uh, power. <laughs> See, I can't, yeah, I, exactly. Okay, so let's let's back it all up, and we'll get to all of these other issues. But I know Ms. Uh, Ms. Swift is chomping at the bit to get at this. <laughs> This document that it was issued by the Notley government, which is so reminiscent of what a certain Bob Ray used to unload on the province of Ontario. Well, actually, it's funny. Just a, 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 
just under a year ago, I was out in Alberta on a speaking tour. And what I was saying in my speech was, just watch, this is all looking like Bob Ray in Ontario. And indeed, and we know how that turned out, of course, that was a long time ago. But with the exception of the fact that Alberta is driven by oil, so that's a, a little bit of a different you know, twist in Ontario, but they're doing, it's the same game plan. And I guess what, what makes me so crazy after being in this sort of public policy business for decades and decades is how we keep repeating the same mistakes. This budget, you know, it was interesting. I was just looking around on the internet today for some perspective. When Klein paid off the debt in Alberta, um, about, gosh, it was about, what, a decade or so ago now? It was, he paid off a debt of $23 billion. Well, now, this government in this budget predicted a debt in 2020, it's not that far away, of $71 billion. So, in other words, Ooh. almost triple what Klein paid off when he made Alberta debt-free. So that's just one statistic. They have a deficit of over $10 billion a year. That's about the same as Ontario. And, and Ontario is a lot bigger jurisdiction. Anyway, the other thing that killed me was 3,000 government jobs were added. The private sector in Alberta is getting hammered right now, every way going, the oil economy, of course, coming back, but slowly and, and still very, very damaged. The, the carbon tax there is hurting everybody in the province, and they're adding 3,000 more government jobs, and they've already added a bunch before that. And over half of their operating budget goes to government wages. So why can't we learn from history, folks? Oh, it just drives me crazy. And they're just hurting, you know, they're hurting the future for the province as well as every Albertan today. And you know, Catherine, as Lauren Gunter wrote in his column in the Edmonton Sun, uh, in the finance minister's 2016 budget released last April, he forecast a spending increase of 3.6% in the middle of the last year. He adjusted that to 4.4%. Now he admits that in 2016 budget year, spending increased by closer to 9.9%. Wow. Who, who, who of us as, as consumers can afford to increase our spending by almost 10% a year? And yet the government's doing it. Totally irresponsible and totally ignorant because, again, we've seen these policies, policies fail time and time again in Ontario, not just Ontario. The federal government's doing it to a certain degree, too. We've seen them fail time and time again. Why can't we smarten up? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, seriously, that's the question. Why can't we or why won't we? And then I look at the photographs of the premier and some of the other Cheshire cats in the NDP like caucus. Fools, right? and they're acting like fools. Laughing they're like grinning fools. and laughing. Yep. You're in a massive debt. You're digging the hole even deeper than it's been, and you're laughing. And hurting the, the worst off among us. This is what always kills yeah. me. These governments and our federal governments and other ones, they're supposedly helping the middle class. No, they're not. They're badly damaging Look, lower I, and middle income people, which is supposedly against even their philosophy. So shame on them all. You know, this wasn't that long ago. It was a couple of months ago, and I'm going to have to get back in touch with it. We had a call from a man who's living in an Edmonton trailer park in a motorhome that doesn't run. Uh, that's all he could afford to get. He lost his house. He had a heart attack. He wasn't able. To, he was a truck driver. wasn't able to drive truck anymore, because he had to wait for a period of time until every blood pressure settled down and he could drive again. So he has very little money. He's living on something in the neighborhood. I think he told us of around eight hundred dollars a month. That's what he receives. Yeah. So, so on that money, he he can barely afford to park this uh, this RV that doesn't run. 
in a, in a trailer park. It's, it was so it. cold. Let me let me just finish. It was so cold that he could not afford to buy another um, uh, propane tank to heat up the little motorhome that he was in because the carbon tax drove yeah. the, uh, the the cost of one of these propane tanks up by I think uh, it was twenty bucks, uh, and and he doesn't have the twenty dollars. So what he would do? What he did on New Year's Eve? He ate a couple of sandwiches, that's all he had, and then what he would do was he would leave his motorhome and go and stand in the public washroom in the office at the at the trailer park until he was warm enough so he could go back into the motorhome and repeat the whole exercise all night long. And we've got a ton of Alberta public sector workers doing very, very well, being very comfy with early retirements and big pensions on the back of that guy that you're talking about. And I've got to tell you this, you know you know who stepped up for him? The people who listen to this program. Yeah, well, I was going to say, maybe some small business people in the area, because yeah. they're the ones that do that. Yeah. It and won't be the unions, exactly. I'll tell you that much. But it was also, it was people who, who live across this country who contacted me and said, what can we do to help yeah. out Ken? Oh, good on them. And then good on uh-huh. them. All right. Well, but, I predict, Roy, that Notley is going to be like Bob Ray. Let's become the federal liberal leader? Alberta. <laughs> uh, there are tons of Albertans down in California because it's close. <laughs> this is their Florida. And she is so despised. There isn't one Albertan that I've tripped across that has anything good to say. And we're talking about farmers. We're talking about investors, like from all the various segments, and she is so, so I think they've had their flirtation with the NDP, and their experience, to Catherine's point, uh, it's history repeating itself, but in the West, and uh, it's over for them with the, you know, the NDP. Let me take a quick break. We'll come back. I mean, as far as people in Alberta is concerned... I did say before the election, I did say before the election, I'm going to tell you after the election, if you, if you, if you elect Notley, I'm going to tell you, I could have told you so. I could have, this is the first time I've actually repeated that. I could have told you so. We all could have told you so, and you have another year and a half or so to go, right? Close to a year and a half. Well, it's just, it's the Cheshire Cat grins. As these, as these budgets are, uh, are, are unveiled, when you know exactly what the bottom line is, I'd like to speak with Premier Notley at some point. Anyway, we'll take a break. We'll come back with Catherine, Linda, Michelle, and we'll talk about this massive, massive debt individual Canadians are carrying around with them. And a, a lot of it has to do with, with mortgage debt. And, yeah, so your house may be worth more than your mortgage, so it's, um, it, it's, a, it's an appreciating asset. But then there's the question about just how overheated the uh, housing market is in some parts of the country. In, in the Toronto area, it's just gone bonkers. Just gone bonkers. We'll come right back. Compassionate, caring, and cuddly. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Reading a story on the uh, Alberta budget in the Calgary Herald, I'll just quote them. 
Uh, the government expects to collect more than a billion dollars from its new carbon tax this year, but has pledged to keep those dollars out of general revenues and to use it for green infrastructure, energy efficiency, and rebates. Better you put it in general revenues and help people who need some help, like Ken at the trailer park in Edmonton, Premier. Ms. Leatherdale, your favorite issue and the one that uh, should trouble us all because the numbers keep climbing and climbing and climbing, and that's the total debt that Canadians owe. This is not government debt. This is Canadian taxpayers, people, people. Like, you know, you, uh, Michelle, Catherine and me, and millions of others. The debt that we owe now totals more than $2 trillion. Put that into perspective, please, Linda. Well, you know, here... (laughs) We keep talking about this, Roy, and it just seems to get worse. Um, And you're right. It's the taxpayers of this country that have to pay taxes because of government debt. Two billion, by the way, in Alberta for their debt. But here we are for every dollar we have in disposable income, we owe more than a dollar sixty-seven. So it's we're going down a dark road here. And here's something else: we all know Ottawa tried to put the brakes on this uh, out of control spending, and particularly on the real estate side, because certainly Vancouver and Toronto and the GTA housing bubbles. But mortgage demand in the fourth quarter, according to StatsCan, went up another one point two billion. Uh, and so mortgage debt is always considered good debt, Roy, because you have an asset. But when you think that just yesterday, two big banks said the bubble is about to burst. We've heard this time and time again. We have economists calling for a new foreign tax in Toronto that we need to chill this down. Well, what happens if that bubble does burst? And these people are using their homes as ATMs and borrowing against the rising equity. It's, it's a recipe for disaster. So our governments are doing it, but the people are doing it because they can't keep ahead. And I think the other beef I had, Roy, and I sent to you was the fact that now our big banks are being investigated by the Financial Consumer Agency of Canada because they have been found guilty of cramming credit, credit cards down our throat. And I know it is happening to me. Uh, it's happening, I'm sure, to everyone. And it's aggressive selling tactics. What are we teaching our kids? Credit cards are about, about plentiful, and yet the Bank of Canada rates it at 0.5%, and Ottawa does nothing about the gouging rates on these credit cards. Um, so I'm just warning the alarm bells one more time, Roy. Uh, south of the border, Janet Yellen, um, the Federal Reserve Board, she's hiking interest rates. Donald Trump says they shouldn't go higher, but they are going higher. And what happens if that happens here in Canada? Well, particularly uh, when you go back to the original picture that you painted of the $2 trillion that is owed, and mortgage debt is going to become a real burden if interest rates start to accelerate in any appreciable manner because people are, well, let's put it, let me explain. A friend of mine uh, has, uh, is thinking of selling her house. She, her next door neighbor's house was listed at 800 and I think it was $70,000. It sold in in a matter of hours for a million one with no conditions. Just boom, gone. And that story yeah. replicates itself time and time again, particularly in in southern Ontario. But it has an impa- impact on the entire country. So with with this massive debt, you're the economist, Catherine. It's not just a debt for people in southern Ontario or people in British Columbia, in the Vancouver area, or people in Alberta, in Calgary or, or Edmonton. This is a debt that's going to affect every single one of us across Canada. Well, absolutely. And I mean, bankruptcy rates, the reason, I mean, Linda, getting to your point on credit cards, I mean, 
I, I've seen too many people, and when my kids were in their teens, and they started getting solicited with credit cards, which they never, ever should have been able to have, given their means. But I know from talking to bankers, and they would never admit it on the record, but they knew, A, these kids' parents would pay off their debts if they got into trouble. Ha, ha, ha. And I'm one of those suckers. I did it. Uh, and also, the reason they're charging the 28% or whatever the usurious rates are is that that offsets the losses they make by offering credit cards to people that, frankly, should never have been able to have them in the first place. Yeah. So shame on the banks because they've been doing disgraceful things, but they've also been permitted to, right? I mean, they, offer, they operate under a regulatory regime. And getting back to your point, Roy, when people go bankrupt wherever they are in the country, that costs everybody. When, you know, we all buy insurance, and if somebody has insurance claims, we all pay for that, whether it's somebody's negligence or not. The same with bankruptcy. When somebody goes bankrupt, that costs the rest of us all money. So, yeah, it is not an isolated issue to any region or any sector of society. It affects all of us. Let me ask uh, Michelle how the situation is um, going, how it's all going in the United States, where the economy is growing, jobs are uh, more plentiful than they have been, uh, at least that's the, those are the numbers that I've seen, and, uh, and interest rates are going up. What's the, what's the mood in the U.S. as far as debt and, and finance is concerned? Or are they, they still all consumed uh, they, with, with battling Donald Trump? They never learned the lesson. To Catherine's point, they're going down a road, like the road to perdition financially, that they were on before the Great Recession. It's bizarre watching it. Uh, And the banks are notorious for putting, like there's a big case going on with the Wells Fargo Bank for cross-selling services and credit cards and putting people in debt that have no business being in debt. It's interesting watching it roll out. It is history repeating itself. And this is within a decade. Oh, absolutely. Well, 2008, so there you go, less yeah. than a decade. Sometimes. And yeah. it was so devastating that, you know, you, you kind of wonder when are people going to learn and they're just they just never learned the lesson do you know what it is it's 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 being in the restaurant and having somebody say uh you can have a piece of chocolate cake for just another dollar yeah yeah right that's right that's what it is that's it but also linda's talked to this issue before i think we all have is financial literacy your average person, sadly, and I don't blame them. And we have 10 the seconds. does not promote it, yeah. is not literate yeah. financially. I know when my kids have dealt with mortgages and car loans and simple things, I have shook them, you know, given them a shake and said, no, do yeah. not listen to that business about, oh, you can pay $300 a month, can't you? No, because no. you're going to be paying triple the interest rate than if you got a sensible, you know, loan anyway, blah, blah, Catherine, broken record. Yeah. Catherine. This is the problem. Come on, Catherine. They get 84 months to pay for a well, car that, now. That's what I mean. And, and your average person goes, oh, yeah, I can afford 300 bucks a month. Beauties, I got to like go. Seven years when they could save gobs of money if Beauties. they did it more intelligently. I have, to go, I have to go because we're out of time. <laughs> Thank you. You're always the greatest. We'll talk to you next Saturday. Thanks, Roy. Looking forward to it. Toodaloo. Thanks, Roy.